The church has related salvation to hell. For many, many years, hell has been the thing to escape and heaven has been the thing to gain. What we want to share tonight relates salvation to God's eternal purpose. Rather than escape from hell, we're showing that salvation must relate us to the eternal purpose of God, that which God purposed before the foundation of the world. So in Ephesians 1, verse 2, he says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. In all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him, in Christ, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens, things upon the earth. In him also you have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will. So we see that before the foundation of the world, God had an eternal purpose. And that purpose was to gather everything together in Jesus Christ and to sum up everything in him with a view to an administration or a government or a kingdom suitable to the fullness of times. So he said that this administration, the summing up, is what we've been predestined to. We have been predestined unto his eternal purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will. In uh, Ephesians 3, he says in verse 8, To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ, and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery, which for ages has been hidden in God, who created all things, in order that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. In 2 Timothy 1.9. He says, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works or our abilities, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. 
So Paul is saying that he saved us and called us with a holy calling. So everyone who is saved is also called. They are called unto a holy calling, which he identifies here as his own purpose and grace, which was granted to us before the worlds were. From all eternity past, God has given the grace for us to fulfill his eternal purpose and bring joy to God's heart. In Romans 8, we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17. In the same way God, desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise the unchangeableness of his purpose, interposed with an oath, in order that by two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we may have strong encouragement, we who have fled for refuge, in laying hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have is an anchor of our soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil, where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever at the order of Melchizedek. So in relating salvation to God's eternal purpose, we need to begin before the foundation of the world, or we need to begin before man fell. The reason is this. If you begin your message at the fall, and then as soon as man is redeemed, man's need is met. But if you begin before the foundation of the world, you see that God had a need. God had an eternal need or eternal desire to fulfill his purpose. And so we begin in the heart of God. Before the foundation of the world, before the, God created anything, he had something in his heart that he wanted fulfilled. So before the foundation of the world... It says that God had an eternal purpose. Now this purpose, it cannot be changed. When God established his eternal purpose before the foundation of the world, it's going to fulfill exactly according to God's plan. It cannot deviate from that. He says in Hebrews, the sixth chapter, because of the unchangeableness of his purpose. So it cannot be changed. Some people are going to fulfill the purpose of God. Some may not, but some will. Some will fulfill the purpose of God and bring joy to God's heart. And he says that before the foundation of the world, he had this eternal purpose with a view in mind. That this administration or this government or this kingdom, which was suitable to the fullness of time, would come together in Jesus Christ and be summed up in him. Before the foundation of the world, God had an eternal purpose. Before man was created. Before the worlds were created. 
before the sun and the moon and the stars were created, God had something in his heart which needed to be fulfilled, and we call it his eternal purpose, because that's what the Bible calls it. Now, man was set directly into God's eternal purpose. He was innocent. He had not yet been tried. But the Bible says that he was given dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over everything that crept upon the earth and over all the earth. He was given dominion over everything down here. But man was never given dominion over himself. God retained the dominion over man. Man was free to rule on the earth as long as he ruled under the sovereignty, the lordship, and the will of God, he could rule upon the earth. Whenever man came out from under God's sovereignty and God's dominion, he lost his dominion. So God set man right in his eternal purpose. But in the eternal purpose of God, man must do the will of God. That's not an option. In heaven, everybody is doing the will of God. There was a group up there who didn't want to do the will of God. The devil and his angels. And God threw them out of heaven. Now, he's not going to bring another group in to heaven just like the group he threw out. So somewhere in the salvation process, God has to bring us to a place where we can do his will and bring joy to his heart.